This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Spoiler alert. What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. Everyone and welcome to episode number fifty-five, five, five, double five. Of what did you watch this week? My name is Mike. My name is John, as always. And is it ever not John? Nope. I mean, you said as always, so yeah. That implies that it is always John. <laughs> I I am not Mike. I've tried to be a couple of times. I've tried to slip it in there that I was Mike and you were John, but it just doesn't work. No, it doesn't hold water. No, nope. doesn't hold water. No. Nope. So, all right. Uh, it was a uh, it was a busy week of me watching wrestling this week because it's WrestleMania week, and uh, that's where I was. That's where I was in my brain and in my heart. There was watching watching wrestling. So I did watch a few shows. Yeah, I, I saw a few shows as well. Um, I basically made two lists. I was like, here are the shows that I will talk about on the podcast. Here are the ones that I'm not going to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> Mostly everything I watched is on the will talk about side uh, because it's that short of a list. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, and I got a couple movies I'm gonna I'm gonna make mention of. I watched a while ago that I haven't said anything yet for various reasons. Um, but uh, I, I really just want to jump right into it, and I want to jump right into the fact that John, you came over to my house. I did. Sat on my you sat on, on my new chair. Yes, not cousin Johnny came over. He sat on the couch. Yep. Uh, with that with that. You know, empty cushion buffer, and, and we sat down together, and somebody else finally watched the the Blair Witch movie. That's right, I did it, people. None of you all would man up or sack up or whatever, and give Mike your opinions on this and yep. justify him. I did it. I bit the bullet for King and Country and podcast. In that and, order. And, and the second time around, I will say for me personally. There's still a lot of elements I really, really liked, really, really enjoyed in the movie, and the movie to me is still better than I thought it would be or should be considering the fact that it's a sequel to a 20-year-old movie. And yes, they link them together in one really weak sauce way, um, but for me, I still enjoyed it. And John, I got to know, what did you think? Well, I uh – if you just wanted like a quick synopsis, I liked it. Um, I did not love it. I enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, as far as horror movies go, I was glad to say that it was more horrific than most horror movies I have seen recently. Which That's is, nice. Which is a good thing. Um, but my, my two biggest issues were one, as you said, they tied it back to the 20 year old mystery of the Blair Witch Project because the main character in this, if you can say main character, they were all, it was a found footage movie. So they're all kind of there, but he's been looking for his sister for 20 years. Uh, she was heavy from the first movie. He was four at the time. So we estimated it's been about 20 years. And he seems to think that, you know, when he sees footage show up online, that could be his sister alive and well. And we got to go find her. It's ridiculous, people. 20 years, she's gone. She did. Or she doesn't well, want to be found. You know, I could, I could understand the aspect of, 
oh, I want to go find evidence of what happened to her. Maybe find her body yep. or maybe just find anything can let me know what happened to her so I can have closure. I've been struggling for 20 years for this issue. Right. That's but, fine. But when he starts honestly, legitimately believing, and even towards the end of the movie, like, seeing a, a figure and going, Heather, it's my sister. I've got to go to her. Heather, Heather. That's when I had to draw the line and say this is ridiculous. Yeah, that I will agree. That aspect of the plot is super-duper weak sauce. And the only other big issue that I had was that – they couldn't decide what kind of horror slash curse this was. They had multiple things going on. One of the girls cut her feet. She had some kind of infection growing in her foot where it was like bulging out and there was something moving under the skin. And then she pulled some creepy crawler out of her leg and it was all gross. And it was like, ooh, that's nasty. But they never went any further with it. Like that wasn't the main curse of the movie. Yeah, and actually – I, I will say this, and I, I haven't told you this yet, okay? Because I, I just thought of this. <laughs> nice. When she pulled that centipede-looking thing out of her leg, the first time I watched it, I just thought it was like um, a stick or or a uh, something that had jabbed into her that she was pulling out. I didn't relate it to that. It was some sort of weird, like parasitic bug, and that's what was in her foot, bubbling around. Yeah. Yeah. So like. I, I didn't realize that the first time. I just thought it was uh, like a, a stick or a branch or something that got driven into a leg uh, from the fall. Right. I gotcha. Um, but anyhow. Yeah. Um, and then also, like, they had a weird time dilation thing, which I'm a big fan of, you know. Uh, them sleeping for supposedly like 12 hours and the alarm clock saying that it's 7 o'clock in the morning, but it's pitch blackout. Um, meeting up with somebody, like sending these guys away because they were really mad at them and like, get out of here, get lost. And then finding them a few hours later when they ended up back at the campsite accidentally. Saying, well, I guess we'll have to stay here for the night. And these people show up and they're like, it's been five or six days since we saw you. And you're like, whoa. And then later on we see that same guy and he says that it's been months or was yeah, he's it got years? a full on. I don't know. It's been a long time because he says to her, you're just as you, you look just like I remember you. Yeah. And, and he had a full on big beard going on. Yeah. But she had only like slept the overnight, you know, so it hadn't even been full 24 hours. And yeah. he's acting like it's been years and looking like it's been years. Yeah. Um, and then there was the whole Blair Witch itself, which uh, apparently one of her superpowers was arts and crafts. Because, you know, she made all these stick figure versions of herself and hung them up around the campsite. And there was what – this was the thing. Like, the the movie didn't give itself enough chance to let things sink in. Like you said, the first time you thought that centipede thing was just a stick because it cuts away so quickly from a lot of this stuff. It doesn't let us, like, revel in it. So at one point I had to ask because – one of the girls is standing there, and suddenly she just, like, crumples in half. And I'm like, what happened? Oh, well, they grabbed one of those stick things, and it was like a voodoo doll, and they snapped it in half. And when they did, she well, snapped in half. Also because she had made the comment of she's the one that pulled it down because she was like, this is made with my hair. Right, right, which made more sense afterwards. But it was all just, yeah. like, so fast. And then, like, yeah. she snapped in half, and then they just panned right away. And I'm like – why couldn't I see what was happening? You know, why did yeah. it go so fast? And I get it. They're doing the found footage thing, but you know, it's just, they showed a very quick shot of her body in an awkward contortion. And then they, you're right. They went right away and didn't go back. Yeah. So yep. my suggestion to them in the future is, 
pick a curse or a theme for the villainy and stick with it. You know, kind of let it be that this is what happens. You know, they all get turned inside out or she creates voodoo dolls of you or whatever and go with that. But, you know, one person was allegedly killed by a falling tree. They had this whole thing about, oh, if you look at her, then uh, she'll, she can kill you. But if you don't look at her, then she can't kill you. And Yeah, you have to look directly at her. Yeah, yeah. And they even made, you know, use of the camera's flip lens for that later on. So, yeah. All in all, I enjoyed it. Uh, would I rush out to watch it again? No. I, once was enough for me. Um, it, it was the hype thing, too. You know, you were talking about how great it was and how much you really enjoyed it. Johnny yep. came over and he's like, as soon as I heard you guys were watching this, I had to watch it again. It's the greatest horror movie. It's so good. Oh, my God. It, like, scared the, the hell out of me. So when you hype stuff up like that, naturally expectations become lower. I know that that's happened to you many times. Like, I'll tell yep. you how funny and how great something is over and over again. And by the time you get to it, you're like, I think I just overhyped it in my head because I didn't enjoy it as much. Yep. Yeah, and on, I did not hear Johnny say, I must have been out of the room when he said that it was the greatest horror movie of all time because I, I, I don't agree with that statement. No, no. I, I and think that may have been so an exaggeration me, on my part, but yeah, he was but I, really, he was like, this is such a, it's one of the best ones I've seen in forever. Yeah, he was like stoked for it, so. I think the big thing for me is that it was definitely better than I thought it would be and better than you would think a movie that's made 20 years later that's a sequel. Do you know what I mean? Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 20 um, plus years after the original is being made and it's a sequel to it. It's almost like, yeah. But I got to say, I got to say, too, you know, Chronicle, Project Almanac, I've seen movies that are found footage movies that have really gripped me and really got me excited. And yep. this one, the found footage was rougher. You know, like I said, they did a lot of cutting away too quickly. They, uh, they didn't focus on things that I would have thought they would have focused on. So that made it a little bit harder to enjoy, but I still, I, I give it a thumbs up and I concur with you that as far as a horror movie goes and as far as the expectation, you know, it is better than what would be expected. You All are right, justified. I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> I'm good with that. I feel vindicated. So there we go. Excellent. I feel vindicated. <sighs> John, take us to The Walking Dead this week. We've only got two more episodes, one more episode, right? Yep, yep. And this episode was simultaneously filled with stuff and still boring. And I, I won't waste a lot of time on this because I know I'm the only one that watches it. I know, well, I've gotten a couple messages from people who say, you know, oh, it's so boring to me too. It's It hasn't been keeping my interest. And the yeah. viewers have dropped off this season. Yeah, but, I've, I noticed uh, the, the, the sharp decline in viewership. Yeah, I, I think people are starting to get a little tired of it. Um, this week, I, I really felt like it was a good swapping of, you know, who's good and who's evil because we had Negan and his saviors and, you know, Sasha had broken in there and we saw her run around a corner and disappear last week's episode knowing that she was going to cause some shit and she was going to kill some people, hopefully Negan. This week we see her in a prison cell. We don't get to see what happened. We're just told, you know, through narration of the characters that, oh, you really messed some stuff up last night. You did a number on these people, blah, blah, blah. But She's in there, and there's this really creepy guy who's, like, ripping her clothes off and telling her, you know, oh, I'm going to find some stuff for you to do. You're going to really like it. And of all people, Negan walks in and is like, hey, you were going to rape this woman. Raping's against the rules. And he shoots him and kills him. And 
<laughs> part of you has to be like, wow, so the douchebag of the century actually has some moral standing. You know, he has one thing that he won't stand for, at least, and that's raping of other people. Good on him. Um, gives Sasha a choice, basically. Gives her a knife and says, you know, you can either kill me or try to, but I will destroy you because I'm standing over you and I have a baseball bat. Or you can cut your own wrists or throat and kill yourself, take the easy way out. Or you can stab rapey Dave there in his head before he gets up and tries to eat you alive and then, you know, come work with me. So, again, it's, he's showing a different side. I'm not saying he's redeemed in any way, shape, or form, but... Yeah, because kind of how he, he's he's, done some pretty unredeemable things. Oh, yeah, yeah. and and he rules with such an iron fist, you know, literally taking a hot iron and melting people's faces when they wrong him, and, you know, bashing people's heads in, lining them up for execution. He's a terrible person, but... In this episode, it was almost like they went out of their way to say, but there's still some stuff that's not complete pure evil. So that was interesting. Meanwhile, Tara decides to tell Rick about the Oceanside Village of People. You know, she's like, oh, by the way, a while back when I got separated during Supply Run, I ended up in this group of women, and they were all, they all escaped from Negan and the Saviors because all of their men and boys were killed by him because he didn't want any male challenge to him or whatever. So this group of women and girls all got together and escaped somehow. They still never explained it. And they now live on water. Well, like in a campground next to water and they fish and they take care of themselves. And Tara's like, Oh, and by the way, you know, they, they shoot anybody that comes in on site because they don't believe in helping people. I was lucky to get away, but they have lots of guns. And Rick's like, we taking them guns. You know, we don't know these people. We don't know if they'll help us. We'll give them, like, a little opportunity. You can go in and hold a gun to their heads and tell them that they can join us if they want. Otherwise, we're just taking their guns and leaving them out there in the middle of nowhere with knives and stuff, and they can fend for themselves. They do this big elaborate plan where they basically use explosives and gunfire, and they funnel all the women from the village into one clearing area and then put them all on their knees and say, you're going to join us? No, we're not going to join you. Well, some of us want to join you. Well, we're not going to join you. All right, we're taking your guns. Bye. And they walk off with every gun and every bullet. And so in that respect, you have to question, hey, these are supposed to be the good guys, but they were willing to just leave these women and children defenseless, other than knives and stuff like that. And amidst the chaos of walkers coming towards the sounds of explosions and gunfire and you know, yeah, fend for yourselves, deal with it. You didn't want to join us. Screw you then. Now they look more like the bad guys. And even though I'm making it sound interesting, it was still boring as hell. They found a way to make all that stuff slow. So yeah, tonight's the season finale or yesterday was the season finale. Cause we're recording this on Monday. Yeah, I can't wait to dig into that and be like, "All right, done with that for now." So my summation, my summation, is the good guys took all the guns from the women and children and left them helpless with walkers coming at them. Yep, by attracting them with explosives. Yep, and they're the good oh, guys. Oh, they they helped kill some of the walkers, but oh, they killed the first wave. You know, and then we're okay. like, "Well, you might want to get back to the village and prepare because there's going to be more coming." And they're the good guys. You yeah. won't help us, so we're going to take what you have because we want it, and we're going to, you know, leave you to 
to to your deaths. And, and this all started the same way wow. because they went to Hilltop and they were like, hey, let's trade for supplies. And Hilltop was like, no, because half of all of our supplies go to these guys called the Saviors and they're real dicks. And Rick's like, we'll take care of them. We've killed dicks before. We've killed dicks all over the place. We're good at killing dicks. And they stuck into one of the outposts of the saviors and killed them in the night, in their sleep, like stabbing them slowly through the brain or, you know, cutting their throats and murdered, just straight up murdered people that they had no issue with up until that point. Same kind of thing. You know, they're just like, well, we know better, so we'll just kill these people and make the world a better place. Now trade with us. And they're the good guys. Yeah. They're the air quote good guys. All right. Well, fair enough. Uh, be interesting to see how it how it with the cliffhanger is at the end of the season. Yeah, you think Negan's going to buy it? Uh, no, 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 no. I think he'll be around for at least the next season because it looks like they're building up towards the comics thing, which was the War of the Kingdoms. You know, the Great War between all these groups, and uh, <clears throat> so they're going to build up to that, and they'll have like guerrilla fights and and such things. You know. We still haven't even gotten the kingdom suited up and ready to take the war to the saviors as well. We still haven't got any resolution of whether or not this is enough guns to make the junk people happy. So it'll be like – I my prediction is that for the season finale, there's going to be a, a bunch of setup. You know, this group is getting ready. This group is getting ready. This group is getting ready. And now it's going to be time to, uh, you know – go forth and attack the saviors and we'll leave it on that. But there's going to be some kind of twist, you know, like, like they'll get everybody all geared up and they'll go to open the front gate of Alexandria and Negan will be right there and be like, Rick, you've been a bad boy or something. You know, there'll be some kind of odd twist in there that keeps us coming back next season. All right. Well, I, I wish you luck in that aspect. Thanks. You'll hear about it in a week. <laughs> I hope it's more entertaining than it has been. I hope so, too. So, all our DC shows, well, okay, not all of them, but Superhero, Flash, and Arrow. Sorry, Supergirl, Flash, and Arrow. Uh, after this week that just happened, they're all going on like a four or five week hiatus through the end of May. I mean, yep. yeah, through the end of May. Um, no, it's it's the end of April. I'm sorry, yes, end of April. Gosh, it's April now. Yes. it's Yeah, anyways. Um... And whereas uh, Legends is uh, their final episode of the season's coming up this week. Um, so I did not watch Legends. I'll watch them back to back probably. But I did watch Supergirl, Flash, and Arrow. And yeah. Supergirl, to me, it was, it was okay. It was the uh, – we uh, bounty hunters were hired, and they were paid a price that they could buy their own planet. That's how much money they allegedly was put out for, for Kara's head. And yet only two bounty hunters show up separately by themselves to yeah. battle her, which yeah. if it was really that much money, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, considering there are that many aliens on Earth according to this show and the DEO yep. and everything, because you yep. remember that arc that they were going to send up, and that wasn't even all of them in the area. Correct. Correct. So essentially – Monel believes his parents hired the bounty hunters. He confronts them about it. They say no. They did not do it. Of course they wouldn't. They just want him to be happy. Right. And he's chosen to stay on Earth and not go home with his parents to, to their world. Um, of course, long and short of it, his mom, the queen, hired them 
because she wants her son back no matter what, even if that you know consists of imprisoning imprisoning him for four years while they drive back until he comes to his senses. Quite literally, that was her plan. Yeah, you know, that it's was going to take plan. us four years to get back there. So, um, yeah, guards, he, put him in a cell. <laughs> Maybe he'll change his mind by the time we get home. Yeah, yeah, that's all that was missing was some kind of line along the lines of you know you will love me again. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, once Dad finds out that this is what he did, that that's this is what she did. That she put the bounty out. That she only refused to remove it if if Monel agrees to go back with them, promises to, swears to, no tricks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, when he finds out what happened, he's like, you know what, son, you've made your choice. You can be with her. And and the queen is all like, over your dead body. And then she got all stabby with him. Yeah. And she killed him. Yeah. 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 It, it was kind of weak. Not that's not even the weakest part of the episode. No, but it was still pretty weak. You know, she's basically like everything. Her entire motivation is getting her family back together, supposedly. But when you yeah. really look at it, her motivation is actually just control. Exactly, it is control. It's self. It's it's her being selfish. She yep. wants her things to be the way they were before Krypton exploded and ruined their lives. Right. So she harbors resentment towards Kara because, well, first of all, the two races hated each other to begin with. And now she hates Krypton even more because Krypton ruined their planet, destroyed their kingdom, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. And now a Kryptonian girl is trying to take her little boy away from her. Right. And so basically she's like, no, things are going to be the way I want them to be no matter what. And that includes imprisoning my son, putting a hit out on his girlfriend, murdering my husband and doing whatever it takes to make sure that my personal needs are satisfied. But the biggest weak sauce thing for me was once it's revealed that, yes, she put the hit out. And then she attempts to kill Kara herself. Doing a she does great so. Raphael impression. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> she does so with some uh, Kryptonian made, sorry, Kryptonite made size. Yeah. And that's where I just went, oh, come on. Because, first of all, she would have no idea at all that rocks of Kara's planet exposed to the yellow sun would be the only thing that can hurt her. Right. And there was no and, hinting. There was no foreshadowing. They never had anything going on that was like, you know, oh, by the way, don't do this because it'll hurt her. Right. Kara wasn't on the ship and accidentally came across a bunch of kryptonite. And they saw they, they witnessed that she had a negative reaction to it or it harmed her. No, 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 no. She just says pieces as if your filthy planet are all over mine. And so I made these weapons. To, eh, no, no, no. Because then, first of all, she has no idea that there's a freaking kryptonian on Earth. Right. She doesn't even know Kara's there. Like, it's just, that to me was just bad. Not only that, but can we talk about the fact that, you know, these are size. The tips of each of them are, you know, a couple inches of each tip, including the the pieces that come up as guards on the side are all kryptonite. They're all glowing. So this is six shards of kryptonite that are being... Uh, thrust at Kara, and she actually still fought her off really well. Yep, she did. Like she the traditional ground. mythos for kryptonite is that when it comes near a Kryptonian, and I mean within ten feet, they get sick, weak, they fall over, they can't keep themselves up. Yeah, um, 
you know, you actually get it on their skin and it burns them and, and can cause all kinds of havoc with them. And yet she was just like struggling a little bit, Kara. You know, she's just yep. like, uh, uh, and then fought off her attacker. Who is now super powered because of the sun, just like Monel is. She may not understand the full extent of her powers, but she has super strength, and Kara's should have been nullified. So it should have been a much more one-way contest, but instead Kara just beat down the, uh, the aging woman and took her size away from her. Yep. I was really disappointed that Kevin Sorbo was killed. Yep. Because I really liked him on the show. I just yep. like Kevin Sorbo. I was a big Legend of Hercules fan when I was a kid. Sure, sure. Uh, so I, I, I just like him in general. And, uh, yeah, so it kind of, it kind of, uh, bothered me the way he got killed so quickly. Let's not also forget that this was a Kevin Smith directed episode. And while he didn't include family members or friends, um, it still had a few nods like, uh, when, Show, Wynn was what captured, and Monel showed up, and or no, Wynn showed up, and Monel was like, "Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper?" And he's like, "Oh, yes. you finally watched Star Wars." Yes, there was some, uh, some, some, some nods. Absolutely, there was. Yep. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say overall, I mean, I didn't. I, I, it, it was a good episode, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It was. It was definitely not their strongest, but it's kind of like those bumper stickers. And I can't believe that I'm doing this when they say like a, a bad day fishing is better than a good day at the office. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same kind of thing. Gosh, um, it's so bad. You know, a, a bad episode of Supergirl is still better than a good episode of Arrow. Yeah, that's that's a fact. I I thought so. Yeah. That's a, that's a very true fact. <laughs> uh, and then there was another ridiculous backstory involving Alex and Maggie and their relationship and being honest with each other. And it was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Because, that's enough. because even though Alex is like, Oh, it's okay that you cheated on your ex-girlfriend. Um, I just thought you should be honest and tell me about it and I'll always be there for you. It's going to yeah. come up later. She's going to get jealous. She's going to be a jerk about things. Well, you could have cheated on me. You know, you did it to your ex-girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. That, that'll come back. Yeah. Probably uh, probably back. season finale kind of stuff. Gosh. <laughs> I hope it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> oh, I think it will be. Uh, well, um, moving on to Flash. Yeah. So we got uh, Abracadabra this episode. Yep. Which I actually liked him as a character. I, I liked him as a character. Well, I actually really wish they would have um, – they just would have gone with the fact that he had magic, not that he was using future tech nanites to to do all his magic. Right. I can see that. We've had magic before. We've seen characters have magic. Why couldn't it have just been magic? Exactly. Exactly. But we're but, not just talking future tech. This was like stupid far future tech. Oh, yeah. This was 64th century man. Yeah. Yeah. Not Eobard Thawn, 22nd century man, who's yeah. like, ha-ha, I'm a few hundred years ahead of you. Ha-ha. Yeah. No, this guy's a few thousand years. And yet he knew Barry and Wally. He knew all their names. He knew everything about them. So he has an idyllic memory, clearly. 
and About he's apparently is- tangled with Barry. Yes, once again, someone else Barry has fought in the future that was so angry enough he came back in time to stop him. Yep. Um, but here's what I want to know: how did he get? How did he come from the future to the past to begin with? And because uh, he because the whole premise of the show is he kept stealing tech because he was it was determined he was building a time machine, right? So how did he get from? How did he get to the past to begin with? And then did he keep traveling through and, and like did he keep traveling back in time? Because if he fought Barry in the future, he didn't fight Barry in the 64th century. Unless Barry was time traveling. Fair enough. But anyhow, I don't know. So uh, uh, Gypsy's back in this episode because Abracadabra uh, went to Earth-19, murdered a bunch of people, including her partner. So she was all about wanting to bring him back to be executed so he could, you know, stand trial. And Abracadabra's car that he played was as he knows who Savitar's name is and he can help them uh, stop Savitar, but they need to let him go. Right. And, and Iris's wish is, well, I mean, he murdered so many people and he's hurt so many other people and he'll continue to hurt other people. Uh, and. And I, I can't in good conscience allow you to let him go free, being a murderer that he is, uh, just to save me. Yeah. Because there's so many other people's lives that could be at stake as well. And, of course, everyone ignores her wishes, but no one more than her dad, who then decides to cut a deal with Abracadabra to let him go if he tells him who Savitar is. And, of course, right before he's going to say it, I mean, he's going as far as going, Savitar is... And then Gypsy jumps in and is like, what are you doing? And distracts Joe long enough for Abracadabra to take off. Right. Yeah. I hate stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. No, I can't. I can't abide those kind of amateur hijinks when, you know, it's like, oh, oh, almost got it. Oh, somebody yep. distracted me at the last minute. I missed my chance. Yep. And ultimately, they capture him again. Yeah. And Barry appeals to his human humanity. Right. The human side of him, you know, to tell that to to tell them what they want to know. And essentially he retorts with you know, revealing that he feuded with Flash in the future and that by not telling him that it's like he's killing Iris, too, and hurting the Flash more. And so that makes him happy. Yeah, because he was jealous that Savitar was the one that broke the Flash. Yep, because in the future, Savitar breaks the Flash worse than anyone has. Yeah. And, um, and they eventually allowed Gypsy to take him back to the future to stand trial. Right. Yeah, which she's she's like black and white. You know, she's like, he will go back and he will be killed. She doesn't say like, hey, I could talk to the D.A. about going easy on you for cooperating if you yeah. know who Savitar is. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely a black and white world on this one. Yeah. And so we kind of get like two PSs in this one. Usually there's like the little lightning flash and then we get like a 30 second PS. Yes. That kind of sets up another episode. But this one we got, first off we got the, we're going to set up the rest of the season by Barry saying, Hey, I've come to realize that everybody who's smarter than me and knows more than me only is that way because they're from the future. And and this is their past, their history. Uh, So I should run into the future. My thought is the wave rider. 
he's got yeah, friends he, on the Legends of Tomorrow. Yep. They're, they're time travelers by trade. They could do it more safely. Uh, he could have a group with him to make sure he doesn't screw up the future because literally he's been told not to time travel anymore. Yeah, just two episodes ago, the Speed Force was like, yeah, we allowed you to do it once. We're not allowing you to do it again. We can't yeah. tolerate this. And it's like he's like, eh, screw what they say. I'll do what I want. Yeah. The time rates have been after him. The black flash is out there. Uh, yeah. Even Jay knocked him out of the Speed Force and was like, stop time traveling. You're screwing yeah. everything up. Exactly. Yeah. And the preview for next week shows Emo Barry. I mean, bad emo hair, and he's like, "Well, you me. mean preview for end end of April?" Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're me from before she was taken. Shut up, stop it. Yeah, but the other PS that we got was telegraphed a million miles away, and that's that Caitlin was injured, and you know Julian has zero doctoral stuff. His doctors doctorates are all in like archaeology and stuff. Uh but he had paramedic training or something. Oh yeah, he was a medic in the army, but he said that he never operated on anyone. And they're like, well you're the best chance that we have. Yeah. No, doctors are the best chance that you have. Well the, the Flash could run and get a doctor and bring a doctor there. <laughs> Or he could run her to well, a doctor. You know what the other thing was is remember quite a few episodes ago he he phased into someone yeah to take a bullet out of their chest yeah, so that was them. amazing huh why didn't he just phase into Caitlin and take the, the, right? the shrapnel out of her right yeah yeah the 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 problem here is that uh, like Arrow sucks but Arrow has also painted itself into a corner where. Oliver has one solution to everything, and that's punching things. Meanwhile, on Flash, they yeah, have yeah. they have too many options. There are so many different variables, so many different ways they could solve problems that they forget sometimes, and they just go with the most basic. So, yeah, Caitlin basically is, you know, she's going to die, and, and they have to operate on her, and they're like, well, if we took your necklace off, then, you know, you'd start turning into Killer Frost, and your metacells would regenerate really quickly. And she's like, like, literally, she looks at them and says, I would rather die than be Killer Frost. Do not remove my necklace. I don't care what happens. I would rather be dead. And they go, nah. Well, I don't care. I'm going to take her necklace off anyways. That's how much I love her. Yeah. I love her enough to disrespect her wishes and turn her into a serial killer. For love. For and love. so they do. We get one of the coolest power usage scenes where she just explodes into frozen mist and then yep. reforms standing upright from the mist. It was beautiful. I really appreciated that. But, yeah, we've we've got... Killer Frost now on the loose, which Caitlin didn't want and will probably have issue with when we get back to her in a month. Yeah, most likely she's not going to let that one go. Yeah. yeah. My uh, my sister had a good idea. She said that um, Cisco, possibly Gypsy, should uh, scan through the multiverses and find like an evil Iris or an Iris who's going to die very soon of like cancer or something and has no way to live and swap her out and let Savitar kill that one. I mean, she's going to die anyways. Yeah. Uh, again, it's having too many options to uh, to rightly be able to pick from them, I guess. I don't know. 
There's a lot of things they could do, and maybe they're just losing sight of that. I think, well, I don't know if this was the episode. I think it was, but they said that Tom Cavanaugh was directing an episode. If this was the one, it could explain why HR was gone throughout the entire episode for, you know, a date that he was on. Maybe Tom was just behind the camera and directing them. Yeah, um... Yeah, because he didn't pop up until the very end. Right. It was almost like a, oh, remember, I'm still on this show. Yeah, and it was, oh, when you go away on a romantic twist, tryst weekends, uh, you need to tell tell us about it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, Ramon, were you worried about me? He was worried about me. And that was pretty much it. Sorry, I was yep. on mute. I didn't realize I was muted. No, that's fine. I've done that. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, all in all, I mean, it was definitely like between. I mean, I I like the episode. I I, I liked the character Abracadabra. I, yep. I wish we could see him more. Unfortunately, we probably won't. Uh, seeing how he's being carted off to be executed. Um, but well, he I, deserves yeah. it after flying that stupid spaceship oh, through the city. God, that was so bad. I thought we would just get skip over it, but let, let's just address it. You got Barry and Wally going at the speed of light. You have this spaceship, like Bowser's ship from Mario <laughs> Brothers, just floating through the – catch me if you can, Flash. <laughs> I mean, it was almost as bad as Deadpool and the Zamboni scene. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And then such a phenomenal scene. You know, it's a time machine, but it also has advanced weaponry on it because yeah. apparently you need that. Yeah, I would have well, gone never for the know. sleek design, but yeah. So he blasts Wally early on. He's like, oh, yeah. "Sucks to be you." And then Barry can't catch up, can't catch up, can't catch up, and then goes, "Oh wait!" And like kicks it in overdrive. I guess he didn't look like he got any boost speed. I, I don't suddenly, know what else he did different, but yeah. he did. You know, he he. He dove at him, and he phased through the time machine, grabbed Abracadabra, and phased them both through the time machine on the other side. And then the time machine went off into the the, the warm wormhole portal thing. Yep. And yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, speaking of time machine, Legends was on after that. I did not watch Legends. Okay. Um, but I, I, the preview looked good. I enjoyed it. Um, Again, Legends is one of those shows that it will never be without faults and problems. Right. And this was no exception, but it was pretty cool. You know, it was Doom World. It was the alternate reality that the Legion of Doom created when they, you know, took that giant book that was jam-packed full of pages and found the exact right page and managed to find the translation and chant the chant. So anyway, it's the it's, it's the their version of Flashpoint. <laughs> yeah, essentially. But it was also a to be continued. So you actually may have done yourself a favor by not watching this I one. I feel like I did. I think I'll hold off and we can talk about it next week because next cool. week is the season finale. Yes. Yep. And yep. we'll have both episodes to talk about since they flank each other. Fantastic. So uh Arrow. <sighs> I just bit my tongue so that I wouldn't swear, but yeah, arrow. The amount of fault I find with arrow this week is 
astounding. Maybe it's not the amount of fault. Maybe it's the fact that it was just I, – I felt it was just a really bad episode. It was the over-the-top typical Oliver Queen. We're going to disband – and you guys are going to do what I say and not be a team anymore because Jai said so. And then I'm going to, oh, I, I, I called the Bratva and asked them to come in to kill, to kill him, uh, Adrian Chase. Uh, because, you know, it's got to be on my conscience and shoulders. But yet I'm going to hire some, I'm going to let crime lords come into my town and steal drugs that when combined to make a, a bigger drug. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I gotta say, the team actually was doing pretty well for themselves without Oliver around, and maybe they want to consider a career where they leave the mobile right. POS behind more often. You know, Diggle put far too much energy into trying to bring Oliver back around. You know, I'm not right. gonna let you go. I'm not gonna let you walk down this path. You can't give up on everything. Why? He gives up on everything at least once a season. Oh yeah, if not more. And he's always so self-loathing, and it's my fault it's Speedy oh, to leave town. Constantly, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so-and-so's dead, and, and this person's mad at me. And mm-hmm. Yep. And, of course, so Oliver has a change of heart and decides that there's there's a better way than hiring the Bratva to kill the attorney, this, you know, this state attorney, and goes to his friend in Atoli, and he's like, Hey, uh, I want to call off the hit, or, or you know, and, and cancel our deal. And he's like, "No, <laughs> pretty much." Yeah, that, that's very fair. No, and then you know, and then Oliver's like, "Come on." Well, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, in the big old flashback sequences we got, and I'm, this is the only thing I'm going to touch on with the flashbacks. I'm not going to break them down. Go watch the garbage yourself. Yeah. It's basically as he's talked about, you know, in two days, you know, I'm going back to Liang Yu. And so that that's it. I'm going back to the island. And then I can all of a sudden live like a savage for a long time. So when they do suddenly show up to pick me up, uh, it looks like I've been here a while. Yeah. The guy's like, why don't you just go home from here? And he's like, We've already discussed this. It would be far more believable if I just told everybody I've been in the island for five years. I literally wanted like one of the writers to pop up in the corner of the screen and be like, huh? You know, finger guns at the screen, like, huh? Huh? We explained it away. And yeah. Then I would have hated them even more, but it would have, it's what I expected. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't and, know. And then let's not also forget that the side story was that, A, the team was doing really well without him, and B, Felicity goes back to her hacker buddies who, it you know, when they first introduced these guys, they were like their own collective. They were like, no, we do what we want to do. If you want to help us, that's great. You know, we might be able to help you as well, but we don't work for you. We work for our own thing. Now suddenly they work for her. Like, she walks in and she's like, I need this footage and I need this and I need you to decode this. And they're like, okay. And so she manages to find surveillance camera stuff of Adrian taking his mask off. Oh, but he has a scrambler somewhere on his body. Don't worry. Mr. Terrific will send his baseball-sized floating orb to basically pickpocket Adrian really stupidly fast. Like, and it 
pulls out the little disc, you know, that has the technology to cloak his face only. Somehow. I don't know. It looked like yeah, it was in his it, back it, pocket. Well, it something. didn't clone it. It digitized his face only. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it scrambled it. So they had to go steal the tech to, the, the, so they could unscramble it. And but it's just break, his face. Yeah, yeah and then break into the, the place that it was created so that they could hack through the firewalls and security. Yeah. So that then they could... Um, unscramble that one image. And don't forget, Mr. Terrific gets what they need, you know, uh, without even knowing what it is that they need. Yeah. yeah exactly. Like, yeah. they just said he must have some kind of scrambling tech. They didn't know they, what it was. They needed to scan whatever it was to gain access to it, and he apparently used one of his terrific balls there to get a yeah. full-body scan on Adrian. That'll never not be funny. Oh, no, it won't be. And then at the end of it, you know, they they do that. So they got the video. It was very quickly authenticated from three different sources that it was a legitimate video. <laughs> right. Uh, and they put it out there for everyone to see. And, you know, then it cuts to Adrian's at the hotel with the U.S. deputies marshals. One of their phones buzzes. And instantly Adrian realizes from the vibration alone appearing <laughs> – yeah. He knows that, oh, shit, it's hitting the fan. They know who I am. So he quickly kills both of them before escaping. So Right. Someone's getting a text. I must kill them. It's the first text he's had all day. This must be about me. They must have discovered something. Yeah, that goes right up there with uh, the queen mom there knowing kryptonite would hurt Kara for me. Yeah. 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 Ridiculous. Massively ridiculous. So now he's... Out there in the wind, but the but, but we got a nice little scene of the team standing there and Oliver saying we need to make some changes and showing all the mannequins with all their costumes on it, except the one in the middle still empty. And Wild Dog saying, "Looks like it's lacking a little green, hoss." Look, yeah, yeah, I'm getting there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm really, not really sad. hating this show. These I'm days. not sad to see this show being gone for a few weeks. Yeah. It used to be good. It's not. Oh, yeah. We've covered that aspect of it. But no. it's getting to the point where I'm angry when I watch it. it it's like, uh, oh, God, I have to watch this show because I have to keep up on the CW stuff. And I know nobody's yep. holding a gun to my head. I don't have to. But right. for continuity's sake. Yeah. I feel obliged to stick with it. I really feel the same way for continuity's sake. Hey, you know what? I'm let's, I'm going to jump the gun. Well, not jump the shark. I'm going to jump the gun because I just clicked in my brain, and I want to switch to a show that I watched this week that's got some fighting in it. That's got fighting done right. Okay. Got some. It's got some fighting in it. It's got some damn good killing in it. Uh, and I, I watched the first episode. Into the Badlands, season one, episode one. And uh, I was there for that one because I said, well, I watched Blair Witch with you. You're going to watch Into the Badlands with me. And what was it, like 30 seconds in and you were like, god damn it, why haven't I been watching this show all along? Yeah, I was like, well, okay, so I think what it, you were like, let's watch Into the Badlands. And I went, I don't know. 
Let's see. Let's see what else there is. Maybe and I started like looking for different movies or something. <laughs> yeah, you're reading just, me the description of like Paxton or something. Patterson, some some movie. Yeah, oh, I yeah. Go, Not the story of I Bill go, Paxton. But. Yeah, I go. Uh, all right, let's just throw it on. It is kind of you know ten o'clock at night and all. And then we watched it, and I was like, "That's awesome." Well, you know, I honestly I didn't watch a lot about it. I didn't know a lot about the show prior to right. Um, and then where it's on AMC, it is hard for me to watch, but, um, I will, you know, season one is on Netflix. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the lead guy, and now I can't remember his name, Donnie Wu. Yep. He, I mean, he, okay, first of all, when he starts talking, I'm looking at him like, I recognize that guy. And then he starts talking, and I'm like, huh, not only do I recognize that guy, but I, I, I would suspect him to have more of an, like, you know, a, a Mandarin or an Asian accent, you know, a Chinese accent. Yeah. And he doesn't. And so then I looked him up while we're watching it. And I have seen him in so much stuff because he is a U.S. born actor who moved to Hong Kong, you know, back 20 years ago, whatever it was, 15 years ago, and has become a megastar over there. And he has been in so many movies I've already seen. It's just that they're all, he's always talking Mandarin in them. So, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, uh, great action. Um, I'm not going to say great story because I only watched the first episode, but it was good enough that I'm, I'm going to keep watching it. It's just now that Excellent. I'm past WrestleMania, I gotta, I'll start watching shows again. Yep. Um, but great action, really good fight sequences, and that that helps a lot. I really enjoy it those. It really does. I mean, like yeah. I said, after watching Iron Fist and then being like, oh, that's right. We're going to get the season second season premiere of uh, Into the yeah. Badlands and watching the fight scenes in that just going, my God. I mean, there's one thing in season two, episode one, where it was like a Jackie Chan kind of thing because he's in a yoke, you know, one of those things nice. that traps your hands and your neck. And like yep. he's jumping up and shimmying along a, a set of shelves with that thing and using it to beat people up. And it, it's just the action is so well choreographed nice. that it makes these other shows look like they're not even trying. Nice. Yeah. I like that. I can get behind that. Yeah. Behind that, and the story is good. It especially gets better in the second season. They've really got you know. Mister Mully sent me a message, and he's like, you know, I agree with you. Into the Badlands is great. The second season, their character development is already way better. Um, they're really doing some good stuff in there, and I agree. Nice. So yep. I plan on checking that out. Excellent. Yeah, uh, I'm continuing to watch that. Excellent. Uh, and I, I wanted to throw something out there real quick sure. too. Surprisingly enough, I'm sure it'll still get canceled, but Making History was actually good this week. Really? Yeah, because it didn't involve them going back to like colonial times or Hitler's times. Um, I thought it was going to be a really weak sauce episode because the main guy there, I don't even care enough to remember his name. Um, but it's Adam Pauly, but, uh, he decided to go back to the nineties because he feels like he's worthless and he's never accomplished anything. And so he went back to the nineties to when this ice cream store was open, um, because they had this thing, the belly buster, it was 40 scoops of ice cream. And his dad always used to tell him that he was worthless because he couldn't finish it. And so he wanted to prove his dad wrong. So 
they went back to the 90s dressed in terrible 90s garb. And uh, the reason that it worked well was because they actually incorporated better time travel cause and effect thing. Like, he handed a piece of paper to the, the black guy there with him. Again, I don't remember any of their names because it's not important. Handed him a piece of paper and said, here, I knew you'd have a problem with this, so we're going to help balance the, the world karmically. You accidentally killed that guy in uh, colonial America – you know, your friend. So here's a woman who's going to die of a car accident. You know, a car is going to hit her today while she's walking across the street just down the road from here. Go save her life. And the guy does save her life and feels better about it. And she's like, are you my guardian angel? Are all black people guardian angels? And he's like, yes, all black people are guardian angels. But uh, Adam at the same time is eating his belly buster and having this, blah, 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 blah. but he sees this kid picking on his friend and he's like, I recognize that kid. He was a bully when I was a kid. We were like friends for a while. And then one day he changed as kids do. Yeah, and yeah. you know, he just, he started beating me up for no reason. I didn't understand it. And he just became my nemesis. He goes, I even remember the first time that he beat me up. Like nobody stopped him. There were these adults standing around watching me get beaten up and none of them stopped him. And they're like, wow, that's pretty cold. So he goes over and he's like, this is for so-and-so his name, you know, basically yeah. saying he's, sticking up for the kid he's like you're a little punk and this is for so and so and like punches the kid and the kid runs out in the street and he goes boy I actually feel better about myself and then his ice cream settles and he goes on to finish it well then a little while later they step out of the ice cream store and they see that he's getting beaten up this was the day that he got beaten up back in the past. So and he caused himself to get beaten he, up. <laughs> he caused himself to get beaten up, and he and the two people with him were the adults that were standing there not doing anything because he goes to step forward to stop it, and, like, there's a ripple in the air, and they're like, maybe the universe won't let you because, you know, you've already set this in motion. So, like, the kid's mouthing, he's like, help me, mister, and the guy's going, I'm sorry, I can't do anything. Oh, that, okay, so that's pretty funny. Yeah. That's pretty darn funny. And then his girlfriend there that he took from the past, she was talking to the woman who owned the ice cream store, who, by the way, was the redhead who played Beth on news radio. Yeah. Trivia fact. Um, you know, and telling her, you know, oh, you must love this. You're surrounded by ice cream every day. And the woman's like, no, I hate it. I hate my life. I hate my job. Oh, my God, I can't believe it. Why would you hate your job? You know, you must. It's the happiest place. You get to bring happiness to people. And ice cream so amazing. Basically turns her mind around. So she's like, you know what? I do love this. And I'm, it is my passion. So when they go back to the present time, the ice cream store is open. It never closed out. And they're like, oh, wow, we kept the ice cream store open. That's great. And the woman sees him, and she's like, oh, my God, I recognize you guys. I remember you. And she steps out in the street and gets creamed by a car, driven by the woman who they saved the life of. <laughs> so it was it, – they were actually adding layers to the time travel mechanics and saying these are our rules, you know, messing with the time-space continuum. Uh, you set up your own self to be beaten up, stuff like that. So I, I actually really got into it. I was digging it. But I doubt that all the episodes are going to be quite as deep as that. So it'll still get canceled. That sounds pretty cool, though. Yeah, yeah. I definitely appreciated watching the little kid get beaten up and doing the slow motion, you know, help me, mister. I can't. That's awesome. Yep. Actually, he caused himself to be bullied. Yep. And then was the adult that stood there and did absolutely nothing to help him, making him think, why wouldn't adults help me? 
that's pretty fantastic. Yeah. I watched a movie called uh, The Edge of Seventeen. Okay. Uh, this is with that Haley Steinfield. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I watched this a little while ago. Um, I really liked it. It's a uh, well, it's a coming of age uh, drama. Maybe a little bit of dramedy, and guess what? She's a 17-year-old girl full of angst. Things don't go the way she wants, and she has a few temper tantrums, and then she learns some life lessons, and then they live happily ever after. Um, I really liked it. Go watch it. There we go. That's my synopsis. <laughs> so the whole movie was about her being a teenager? Basically, yeah. Like, um, yeah, she's she has her best friend. Uh, like, okay, so... It's her and her older brother and her mom. Her mom is super overprotective. Her older brother is like the star hero everything. Oh, yeah. She is the self-absorbed, self-obsessed, poor me, poor me, poor me. Because he's already Um, set the bar so high that the only niche she can fill is the I'm the loser baby. So why don't you kill me? And their dad either left them or died. I don't remember which, but he's not in their life. Okay. And it's how it's affected them. And, of course, you know, through the course of the movie, she's forced to – well, her best friend falls for her brother. And they start dating, and she has problems with that. And then through the course of the movie, she's obviously forced to uh, see how – her brother isn't all that perfect, how his life isn't as great as he'd like it to be, how his mother, he, he has become like his mother's only support and he hates and resents her for it. And how he, she shelters his sister from a lot of things. And, um, it's kind of tired of it and he's not going to do it anymore. And so, yeah, it's a life lesson coming of age uh, well written, some great comedy in it. Woody Harrelson's in it, plays the teacher of, uh, Haley Steinfields or Steinfields, however you pronounce her name. He's her teacher, um, and he helps her learn lots of great life lessons through sarcasm and wit and that, um, oh, the storytelling humor where he's, me- where he comes off as maybe being mean, but ultimately he's teaching her a valuable lesson. Gotcha. It's, it's a good movie, actually. I was surprised how much I liked it. Good. Excellent. Yeah. What about yourself, sir? Uh, I wanted to ask, did you watch APB this week? I did not watch APB, Blacklist, or Blacklist Redemption. Okay. At all. I plan on watching them. Okay. I'll have them watched for next week, but if you'd like to talk about them. No, no. Uh, APB, all I'll say is that I'm really worried that they seem to have a pattern We've seen it in the past several episodes. So in this episode, it was the two stories going on. One is the main story with Gideon and the detective there. And, you know, they're trying to figure out who's setting fire to these apartments. But yeah. the B story was yet again the the uh, feisty redhead and his black lady partner who are, you know, checking out some crime, you know, this time it was a frat boy, essentially, who said that he got yeah. beaten up by the bouncer at a bar, and you know, Feisty Redhead's like, I, I know that guy, he got me through basic training, he's a good guy, he never would have done that, and you know, he refuses to believe, but his partner's like, hmm, I wonder, and looks into it, and lo and behold, the guy has huge rage issues, and uh 
you know, so this guy has to confront the fact that, but he's my friend, but he's not what I expected. It's the same thing that they've been doing for the past several episodes where they have one mindset, but then by the end of the episode, they've learned to look at the world through a different set of eyes. Well, I started to watch the episode and it was, uh, I, I shut it off because I was like, ah, oh, I don't want to watch this garbage. And it was because it starts out with, uh, was it Laura or Lauren or Laurel, whatever the, the blonde haired oh, yeah. girl that he's, that he's, that he's schlepping <laughs> that yeah. is the finance director for his company. Yes. And she's like, Oh, I want to privatize. I want to take what you've done and, and make a privatized police force. And he's like, Yeah, that's not what I want to do at all. That's not why I did this. And she's like, But it'll make billions. And so, you know, she wants to do it for all the wrong reasons. He wants to do it for all the right reasons. It's going to cause, it's going to cause, Oh, hate and discontent down the line. I was like, ah, I don't want to watch this right now. Like, I don't, I'm not in, in the mood for this. I'm going to shut this off and go watch wrestling. Yep, that was harsh. Yeah, so that's what I did. So I did watch the first couple of minutes and I was completely turned off yep. by it. Yep. It was like, yep. I, when I did watch Arrow, it's because I was like doing the dishes or something. I turned <laughs> it on my tablet and I kind of watched it while I was doing other stuff. Yep. While the kids were all here at the house, because my wife's out of town. That's the other reason why I haven't watched much. My wife's been out of town since Thursday. She comes back tonight. I had all three kids Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And in between me, you know, watching my wrestling at night, primarily they were watching whatever it is that they want to watch. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll bet you there is at least one other show that you did watch that we could talk about. I did watch one other show. But before I get to that show, I want to say that I watched the movie Live by Night. Okay. It's the Ben Affleck-directed film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm just going to surmise it by saying, waste of time. That was the general consensus around Hollywood. That's what made Sad Affleck. Yeah. uh, and yeah. and why he decided not to direct Batman anymore and yeah 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 I'm just gonna say waste <coughs> of time I mean wow what a waste of time I, yeah he's I had no interest to be in the seeing. good guy but he's a gangster who kills people I <laughs> yeah so I'm just gonna say waste of time really long really long waste of time I. Uh, since we're just touching on movies here, I watched two other movies this week, um, both of which were ones that I was like, oh, I'll watch those eventually. And yeah. now I did. And now I can say, okay, I watched them. Uh, the first <laughs> one was Passengers. And, oh, you did? Okay, I haven't watched it yet. Uh, a number of people have been like, oh, yeah, I'll let you borrow my copy. And then they don't. Or, you know, oh, yeah, I'll let you, you know, watch my version of it. And then they don't. You know, not that they're being malicious, just everybody always forgets. So I was starting to think that, whoa, you know, I'm not going to get to see this movie. I could have waited. Um, the, yeah. the one word summation of this movie would be slow. Uh, well, there's only, there's essentially two characters and an uh, android bartender. So yeah. Yeah. Um, and there was one cameo in there that I have no idea how they got him to do it, why they got him to do it, but it was weird. So the the problem with this, it's just like the problem that I had with I Am Legend, is that they're trying to make you feel the um, loneliness and emptiness of these people. You know, I'll tell you this right off. What they don't tell you in the previews is that those two don't wake up together. Chris Pratt wakes up. Yeah. 
and then he is alone for a year. Okay. And they try to convey that to you, you know, by showing montages and stuff of, like, his facial hair growing and his regular hair growing. But he is literally the only human being awake on there. And you're right, he has the android bartender, but he has no real connection. And it's kind of like the whole isolation in prison thing. You know, it's been scientifically proven that without the ability to connect with people... Humans go insane, depression, etc. Um, so they try to show you that, but you don't have enough time. You can either take most of your movie to show that and really depress people and make them say, why am I still watching this? Or you could condense it down and you kind of lose some of the oomph behind it. So all in all, it was a very slow movie. It was wholly predictable. You could, you knew every beat that was coming. Watch it at least once, you know. If well, you've been I will, about but now it. I'm not going rush to rush into it. No, do not. No. Uh, if you've had any curiosity about it, definitely watch it at least once, but do not expect anything unexpected. It is beat for beat, completely predictable, and yeah. Yeah. I, I was entertained, but not completely. That's too bad because it is one. I do like Jennifer Lawrence and I do yeah. like Chris Pratt. Yeah. So it actually was one that I wanted to watch. And it's Me just too. like. I almost went to the theaters to see it. <sighs> wow. Um, and the other movie was Keeping Up with the Joneses. I don't know if you'll even recognize the name. This is the it one with. Sounds uh, familiar. Zach Galifianakis and Isla Fisher live in the suburbs in the little cul-de-sac. They have the perfect life. And then the Joneses move in, which is John Hamm and Gal Gadot. And they're, you know, mysterious and exotic. And they're actually spies. And Okay, yeah, I know what movie you're talking about. Yeah. Um, it definitely had its funny beats. Um, yeah. It had some heart to it. I actually enjoyed it more than Passengers. I still – it was not the greatest thing that I've ever watched. It was nothing that I'm going to say, go out and watch this right now. I'm not going to give it a hard sell. Yeah. But if you're thinking about it, it was entertaining. Um, there were some parts when I genuinely laughed out loud, but they were more like, ha, ha, and then done. Uh, huh. But, you know, it it was good for an afternoon. Um, it, I don't know. I enjoyed it, but definitely Did you, um, sorry. No, I'm just saying the same thing over and over again now. So, okay. Did you watch the Legion finale? I did. Did you I like it? I still liked episode seven better. Okay. Um, but I did like the finale. It really set up the next, uh, season. Yeah. Um, I liked where they went with it. The thing that has gotten me about this show all along is the camera work that they do, mm-hmm. you know, the way that they can make things look one way and look a different way. And, you know, this time we got to see Aubrey Plaza, like, basically dripping black ooze and tar and stepping down onto a white carpet and having it just, like, sizzle and, and flow out of her feet. And then she steps away and it's, like, oozing there and then just suddenly vanishes. And, um, but I thought they wrapped it up rather well and they set it up for another season. I still just... I liked episode seven a lot better, but this was a good finale for me. I felt, and yeah, definitely worth it. Eight episodes, not that much and good times. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I, I did watch a couple more episodes. Oh, good. I'm actually up to seven and <laughs> I, 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 I stopped. I, I, I just 
ran out of time essentially uh-huh. between trying to do everything else. So I did, I did. I'm just, I'm going to be honest. I suffered through a couple more episodes. Yeah. I just, if it's better, episode seven better be worth it. Better be <laughs> worth it as I'm watching it. And then I'm, I was like, I'm kind of tired. So I'm going to wait. And then it got to the point where, okay, episode eight aired. So now I'm going to wait and block out a two hour block. I'm going to watch them back to each. And it's entirely possible that you'll uh, still get done up. with it and be like, I still don't like this show. And that's yep. okay. We can all have different opinions. Absolutely we can and respect each other's opinions as well. That's right. We're nowhere near to that episode a couple episodes back where we were just like at each other's throat. Like, <laughs> what do you mean you didn't like this? <laughs> it's not like we were mad at each other. No, we're- no. Um yeah. So the only other new show I have to talk about is actually a series finale of Grimm. Yep. And, you know, six episodes, sorry, six seasons, 123 episodes. No movie. And no movie. Maybe. You never know. <laughs> I doubt it. Um, And I got to say, like, I'm really, like, overall – on a scale of one to ten, how I'd rate season five would be a good good eight. And then how I'd rate season six would be a a, a poor two. Ooh, see I would have given it a four, and I don't <sighs> even know why I would have given it that much when I said. See, that's why I said two. Yeah. That's why I said I just you know, it was it was a little bit of a letdown. Like honestly, it was a little bit of a letdown. No, a four would have been a little bit of a letdown. A two is a big letdown. This season in general, there was made, there was one or two episodes that were like cool. You know, like I'm glad we're, you know, I'm glad we have these episodes. Uh, you know, that's the monster of the week ones, if you will. Uh, but the overlying story arc of the whole thing, you know, I mean, it was just, all right. So they killed Hank and at the end of episode five, uh, 12, which was actually a good, thing i felt not that they were dead but just that they were willing to go that risky exactly and it was like ooh, wow look what they just did and then we get to episode 13 and they just start killing everybody they kill uh renard then they killed adeline and then they killed like uh they killed oh sorry they killed eve first in the spice shop then Which, again, made it feel like, you know, exactly. oh, wow. Okay, yeah, all right, I'm okay with that. He's not in love with her anymore. She's not a hexen beast anymore. But he still she got re- to call her Juliet one more time. Yeah, yeah. She really doesn't know who she is, et cetera, et cetera. And, yeah, and then we get – then then they then they kill Renard. And it's like, oh, well, he's, he's a son of a bitch, so okay. And then they killed Adam, and I was like, what bull crap? And then they basically killed, like, oh, we're running out of time, so let's just kill Rosalie and, 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 um, help me out, her husband. Yeah. Why um, am I drawing a blank here? Oh my goodness, it's so bad. Monroe. They, let's Thank just you. kill Rosalie and Monroe in a blink of an eye. And it's like, really? Are you serious? And then Trouble's, and then he basically is like, oh, then he kills Trouble. And it's just Nick, and this in the in the in, in the the beast guy, the devil guy with the staff. Yep. And he's like, I can bring them all back. Just give me that piece of stick. And he brings back trouble, 
And Trouble's like, oh, my God, what happened? Did we kill him? Uh, no, he killed you and brought you back to life. He wants me to give him the stick. And then she's logical. She says, hey, why didn't he just kill you and take it? He can't. Yeah. He needs you to give it to him. And then Nick's like, I don't care. I want my family back. And she's all like, but he'll destroy humanity. I don't care. I want my family back. She, he's basically going to kill all you guys anyways. Yeah. I don't care. I want my family back. You know, like that's – and then he has a vision of his mom and his aunt. And then the four of them with Trouble, who's apparently a distant cousin. Yeah. Which like, I feel like they just kind of tacked that on there. <laughs> yeah. They all four of him. They all they kill him. They destroy him, and the stick with like just Nick, the power of heart with the power of their fists. Yep, because and the blood, the, the blood, blood that flows through them is the blood throwing through the veins of their family line. And yeah, he 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 kills him. They kill him. Uh, Nick picks up the staff. The piece of stick zoops into the spot. It seals up, and he stabs the guy and kills him and then you know he runs and he's like oh everyone's still dead and then uh, little Mary Sue comes out and Nick and goes Nick you did it where are the other two Grims that you've oh I'm sorry Nick says to to Trouble we did it you know all of us and he's like what are you talking about it was just the two of us that killed him Oh, no, she's like, I can't believe we did that. You know, we killed them. She goes, yeah, the four of us. She's like, what? It was the two of us. And then Mary Sue comes running out. You know, Nick, where's those other two people that helped you? And then Trouble's like, oh, my God. And then uh, the, the the devil beast guy, his he turns to ashes and opens up a portal. And all of a sudden, it tries to suck the, uh, suck the staff through the portal. And Nick's holding on to it. And Nick gets pulled through the portal with the beast, and it closes behind him. And the next thing you know, it's back to the scene where him and Eve explode out of the mirror. And Nick does his whole uh, Wizard of Oz ending where everyone's alive, and he hugs them all and sees them all. And because no one the day before. Because, yeah, it's the day before because they went back in time and everybody is alive again. Everybody's alive. Hank, Wu, Trouble, Renard, Adeline, Eve. Monroe, except the Beast. Probably, except the Beast. He's still dead and he knows this because Mary Sue goes, you did it, Nick. You killed him. He's not coming back. He didn't come through this time. And he's like, you're right, Diana. We did it. And he hugs her. And then he turns around and there's the staff. And Monroe's like, hey. What's going on with this, guys? And then it cuts to 20 years later. And I don't have a problem with this part, actually, at all. Right. Because it cuts to 20 years later. It's the only part of the episode I didn't have a problem with. Same here. We have the camper in the woods, and you hear a narrative of a new voice, and it goes in, and it's Kelly all grown up. And he's writing in a log. And... It took him 20 years to write the story of what happened that day with his dad. Exactly. He's writing what happened that day. And Diana walks in and he's like, hey, Kelly, we got to get going. We got Vessin to kill, which, like you said when we talked last night, that's not what Nick did, but okay. No. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, mom and – and she goes, she goes uh, yeah, mom and dad and the triplets are waiting for us. So then I'm like, all right, so that's Monroe and Rosalie's kids, so they're all still friends, but where's Monroe and Rosalie? They're yeah. not for them. But whatever. Well, they were never really the fighters anyway. Fair enough. 
And then she opens up the cupboard, and there's the staff, and she grabs it, and then he grabs it from her, and he's like, huh, I'm, I'm ready. We're, what's taking you so long? And he runs out, and then she just shakes her head and goes out after him. No, no, no. No? She shakes her head, looks over at the book, her eyes glow purple, oh, in case you didn't catch that he said, sorry, sorry Diana. Yeah, yeah, her eyes and turn her- blue. And, and, the, book and the book closes yeah. with a big G on the front of okay, it. Okay, and I'm sorry, but when I saw that, all I thought of was the gummy bears in their mag- <laughs> <laughs> and Grandpa nice. Gummy's magic book. Nice. Um, but yeah, so I don't have a problem with that ending. Basically, they all lived happily ever after, and they continued to fight Vesson, and they still live in the Pacific Northwest. Cause and they got that's the trailer a- back. They got a new trailer, and now their kids are fighting with them, and apparently Kelly's a grim, and the triplets are helping them because they're all friends, and and yeah. We we never got to see, like, if Kelly retained any of the Hexen Beast from Adeline. I, I would have liked to have known that. Oh, yeah. Does he have any Hexen Beast in him as well, or is he just straight up? Yeah. So, so I don't know. It, it almost synopsis. feels like... Yeah, it, it, it almost feels like a, a, a bit of a letdown. Mm, I was a lot more let down by this than you, I guess, because, you know, for starters, the guy with the staff just started showing up places. He never said, hey, I need you to give me that piece of stick or I'm going to keep killing your loved ones. He no. just He'd just randomly show up places, kill someone and then go away. Yeah, And I know you could say, well, didn't you see, John? You know, he was trying to learn English by mimicking people. Okay, but you know what? When he finally shows down with Nick at the end, he has perfect English and perfect diction and knows exactly what to say to him. So you're wrong. Um, but, yeah, he just keeps showing up at places and killing people. And Nick's like, oh, he's killing more people. Oh. Um, Diana just couldn't help herself. Like you said, she just kept narrating everything and she even turned on them because at one point he just shows up in the house, starts murdering people and then puts out his hand and she's like, yeah, she takes his hand and walks off with him all happy. And then like Renard tries to stop them. And she's not concerned that her daddy's going to fight this guy. She's like, leave him alone. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then daddy gets murdered in front of her, and she's just like, whatever. I'm happy. I'm with this pedophile here, you know, because I'm 10, and this guy's a grown man, and he's taking me off to be his bride. But Yeah, she was really cool with that. <sighs> yep. And, and then even said, you know, she wanted Kelly and leave my brother alone, not to the pedophile, but to everybody else, leave my brother yeah. alone. Um, it was nice seeing the actresses who played Aunt Marie and his mom show up. That was a nice touch that they got them to come in. Yeah, uh, I mean, that was, you know, coming full circle. Yep. But it was a little weird that, you know, they had done this whole ritual of we have to have Vesson blood and Grim blood and, um, Hex and Beast Hex blood. And beast. Yeah. And we have to do this ritual and stab through all of our hands and then, you know, the blood form our blood mixed symbols together symbols and, mixed yeah. by our powers combined. Um, they splashed uh, him in the face and he started like rotting. And then he was just like, no, never mind. That didn't work. Yeah. But, then he quickly healed. Yeah. Yeah. But two imaginary grim and two real life grim who until this point were literally useless against this guy. Yeah. Now suddenly they could chop his arm off. 
Yep. They can knock him down. Yep. Uh, they, they're super powered, you know, go-go gadget kicks and punches that this guy suddenly can't block or do anything about. And it bothered me, like we were talking about, you know, the guy wanted the piece of stick, but it had to be given to him as trouble deduced and his mother told him. Not sure where she yeah. got that knowledge from, but she knew, oh, it has to yeah. be given to him. So yeah. it, Nick, like, even throws it on the ground and is like, hey, come get it. Well, isn't that technically giving it to him? Yeah, so, that's exactly what I thought, actually. Yeah, yeah. you're right. I, I misplaced that. But, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. But then once come Nick lays hands on the staff, suddenly the piece of stick is like, oh, I'm going to fly through the air and magically warp myself into the staff because, you know, you're touching it. Yeah. And then yeah. The, you're right. You know, as I was watching it, I thought Wu and Hank was like, wow, that sucks. But noble deaths, you know, these are the guys he didn't want to bring in in the beginning. And they finally yeah. brought him in and they tr- proved themselves. And, you know, this wasn't their world. This wasn't their fight. But they chose to stand by their friend and they died in the line of battle. And then with Eve, it was like, okay, she redeemed herself after, you know, being snot-nosed Juliet and then getting her Hexamese powers and being like, I want to be evil. And then getting killed and coming back as Eve. And she finally went full circle and was like yeah. willing to put everybody else's needs above hers. A noble death indeed. Yep. And then Renard, it was like, wait a minute, why didn't his daughter get upset that he was murdered? Yep. And then Adeline, it's like, wait a minute, now I know they're going to bring everybody back because yep. they wouldn't kill. Oh, wait, in the dumbest death of the season, <laughs> probably of the series, uh, what's her name there? Rosalie picks Rosalie. up the staff and points it at the bad guy, and he's like, and it turns into a snake. In some of the worst CGI I've ever seen, the Which snake that? turns around and latches onto Rosalie's throat, and she goes, uh, 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 and then uh, Monroe, uh, Monroe uh, vogues and rips it off her throat, and it grabs him by the throat. Yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, credit to Silas Weir Mitchell and Bree Turner for working with what they had. I yeah. doubt they even put like a, a, a like a stuffed snake in there so that they could have something to pretend with. They were probably just told, you know, act like there's a snake biting your throat, <laughs> and they had to do the best they could. So, you know, kudos, guys. I understand it must have been hard to work with, but holy God, that was painful to watch. And then they both collapse and they die staring into each other's eyes. And it was such a meaningless death at that point because they, like you said, they literally killed everybody. So you're like, well, yeah, they killed everybody. Reset. Yeah. We, you know, they're going to do a hard reset. Yep. Something's going to happen. Like it became too blatantly obvious. Yeah. It became massive. Like, like if they would have all gotten like really beat up and hurt and injured, but they didn't get killed. Right. Maybe. As a juxtaposed comparison, the final season of Buffy was much more like there were deaths that came out of nowhere. Like yeah. I remember one of the main characters was like, okay, we're going to be all right. We're going to be. And then literally no warning whatsoever got stabbed and gutted through the back just out of the blue. And you were like, <gasps> and they stayed dead. And yep. that's more what I was looking for. Like I said, the first two, it was like, wow, 
you know, they're kind of lame deaths, but still there's meaning behind them. And then by the end, you're like, okay, they're just literally killing everybody so that Nick can feel remorse. And then they're going to bring everybody back because there's no way at that point, they didn't mean anything anymore. The deaths were meaningless because they were, oh, they're, they're, they are massively meaningless. Yes. Yep. We're going to kill everybody and then bring them back. Oh yep. God. Drove me nuts. Yeah. Like if they would have killed Hank and Wu. And then if, like, Eve would have gotten severely injured or something happened where she was incapacitated and she was just done for the episode. Yep. And then, you know, say Rosalie got killed. Right. Just Rosalie. And then no, they stopped. No, they would have the done Monroe because they wouldn't have wanted to kill the pregnant woman. Okay, then Monroe gets killed. Yeah. You know? Which would be super just, tragic because he's been there since the beginning. He was his connection right. to the world of Vesson and... Right, and then so Monroe gets killed, and then they find, and maybe Renard does too. But I, I could take or leave him. But then they stop the beast. Yeah, they destroy him. They don't go back in time, you know. Right and now then, they've got to pick up the pieces of this shattered it, world. Exactly, Monroe's gone, you know. And they even maybe they do a funeral scene. Yep. Rosalie, where he's like, Rosalie, what are you going to do? And she's like, I, I don't know. Yeah. And then it cuts to twenty years later. And then he says, oh, you know, mom and dad and the triplets are waiting for us. So now we know, okay, Rosalie's still there. The triplets are all there. They're all or looking out for each other. You know, did like, Rosalie it would take off in grief and left the triplets with, you know, Nick. Right. To but just, I don't know, just the way they killed everybody. Cause like you said, Hank and Wu meant something and then nothing meant anything anymore. Yep. Cause you know, they're all coming back and they did. And it's great. That's fine. But. I mean, I had called it last week, you know, when they yeah. ended on that cliffhanger. Oh, and I was you like, did you know, say. <laughs> they're going to find a way. I said, oh, how are you going to feel about these deaths next week when Nick brings <laughs> back to life? And you were like, are you, do you think they're really going to do that? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they have left themselves open. Yep. In fact, the way the season that the series ended and then the new and then the 20 years later gap thing. I mean, they've left themselves open. They could do a movie if they wanted or do something else, even 10 years later if they chose to. I mean, I'm not saying – I'm not – look at the X-Files. You know, the yep. X-Files yep. is is what it is. And I, I it still was very amazing. And I look at, well, if, if the X-Files can do it, then, you know, hey, why not? Right. Why not another show? Yeah. But – I really enjoyed Grimm, and it is kind of disappointing that it it ended the way it ended. Yeah. Not with a bang, but with a fizzle. Yep. Yep. Uh, so did you watch any uh, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no. No, I mean, like I said, I've got a few shows that I watched. I watched The Detour. I watched Elementary. Um, but I don't really need to get into details about those detour is still hilarious and actually this last week's episode did have one of the coolest fight scenes because as you know the father is a goon like that's his oh, job I fully intend on watching season two of detour no doubt about it we got to see his start as a goon like yeah. why he started down that path and then it was a great fight um, I won't get into any details but I will say that there was a great back alley fight where 
he was just like, he was trying to be the, the better person and be like, you know, we don't have to do this. We don't have to. And the other person just like kept coming at him and went to punch him. And the guy just put his forehead down and broke the hand of the other guy. He's like, dude, I'm telling you, my, my head's hard as a rock. It's, you're not going to do anything to me. And then finally it was like, okay, you're bringing this on yourself. And it was just merciless. So that was definitely awesome. But yeah, it, it's a great show. There was a lot of heart in these two episodes. Nice. Yep. Nice. So I do have one little news item I want to bring up, and I, I sure. think you probably do. I think this is on your list as well. Yeah, I've got five news items on my list. All right, well, go ahead. Um, well, Sly Stallone has left The Expendables. Really? I hadn't heard that one. I thought it was an April Fool's Day joke because it came out on April 1st, but it was run by multiple media coverages. Uh, so they're not likely to all be duped like that. I haven't seen anything retracting it since then saying it was a joke. But yeah, apparently uh, he had a clash with the the uh, studio about cr- creative process and stuff like that and basically just said, I'm walking away. So he has walked away from the franchise he started. Well, I mean, it has been a very long time since the last movie came out. Yep. At least I feel like it has, like four four years or something like that. Yeah. And granted, it's not a Saw movie, but you still right. expect it to be a little faster than that. Right. Um, in, in head-scratching news, and I'm still not sure how this one's going to work out, okay. but starting next season on Arrow, season six, yeah. Katie Cassidy is returning as a regular character, and she will be playing the Black Siren, the Earth 2 version or the evil Earth version, whatever it was, of Laurel Lance. Yeah. Because um, we've seen her a couple of times. Remember when they faked us out and they were like, look, Laurel's back, and it was actually her, the evil version. But yeah. they said she's going to be a season regular. She's going to be on the season finale of Legends this week as Black Siren, and she will be a series regular on Arrow next season again. Huh. Now, they already have Dinah, the new girl, who has legit metahuman siren powers. This is the Black Siren, so this is the evil version. I don't know if they're going for a tale of redemption, or is she going to be the main villain next season, perhaps? All I know is that she's coming back, which was also head scratching because she left and I thought she was like, okay, I'm done. You know, it's been a good ride, but I'm done. And now they're bringing her back. Huh? Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Yep. Uh, they did announce this week that the, they've already started work on the shooting of the pilot for Black Lightning, the next DC superhero show on the CW. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a picture of the actor in his suit. Looked pretty good. Um, I did see that photo. Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, wondering how it's going to tie, if they're going to somehow tie it into the other shows. I hope so. I would assume. Yeah. That's not a guarantee. <laughs> right, right. Um, and in the least shocking news of the week, uh, okay. there will be a second season that they are going to work on this summer of Santa Clarita Diet. Nice. Yep. They said it'll be out next year, which probably means January, February, like it was this time. But yep, they're going to start shooting this summer. <laughs> not shocking at all. Yeah, no, that's no, not at all. 
So, uh, and I assume that my fifth item is the one that you wanted to talk about. So go right ahead. I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. And, uh, this was another shocking one. This kinda. shocked the crap out of me. Okay. I, I couldn't believe it. Okay. First of all, I couldn't believe it when I read it. Yep. So I had to go check around a bunch of places. <laughs> Did the same. And then it made me go, well, maybe the DC movie universe is not going to be too, <laughs> so terrible after all. Because go ahead, Aaron, go ahead, Martin, send us the hate mail. Joss Whedon, it's been announced that he's going to write, direct, and produce a Batgirl film for Stand the DC Extended Universe. Batgirl. Hey, I've always been a big Batgirl fan, so I'm I'm pretty excited about this. Yep, they didn't give a lot of details. They said that right now he is the only name as producer and writer. Which is kind of shocking, but I'm sure they'll add yeah. more, you know, uh, <sighs> gonna mess up their names, but, um, anyway, the, the guys who, probably not Greg Berlanti, but the ones who have been, uh, working on the DC movies will be. I don't know. If Joss Whedon's smart at all, he'll be like, thanks, I got this. Yeah. And, and I, I, got I have this. one stipulation in my contract. You keep Zack Snyder the F away from me. Yeah. Exactly. Like, Josh Sweden's got – I mean, this is almost as big – maybe maybe it's not, but this is almost as big as, like, you know, Stanley writing for DC, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, I mean, you have a guy who, who, you know, essentially – I'm not going to say single-handedly created the Marvel Cinematic Universe. No, not even close. But he did Avengers. Yeah. You know, he is 100% completely involved has everything to do with uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, actually started Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know what I mean? Like and then it's, his brother and his brother's wife are yeah. the writers of that. So, yep. But, so, I mean, him coming over to now to do, to do some DC stuff and, yep. and sprinkle the magic of Whedon over there. Uh, the only thing I've seen that for, for news on it is that it's going to be, it's going to be Barbara Gordon. Okay. That was the other thing that I wasn't sure about. Yeah. It's, it's going to, it's going to center on Barbara Gordon, her, you know, her being bad girl, which that's to me, that's who it's got to be. Yep. And, um, I guess the, according to this, the starting point of the, of the film is going to be the new 52 version. Okay. Which was actually one of their more popular Batgirls. Yeah. Yeah, so it's going to be the new 52 version of Batgirl. So, yeah. I wonder if they'll let him go long enough to do a killing joke in there. Ooh, oh, man. I, you know what? They they got to do better than what the, the movie was, the killing <laughs> joke movie. Just because I hated how, and I think I talked about this, I hated that for the re- I That they the added first, the whole sexual aspect to it? Yes, the fact that she was basically a Batman grouper who just wanted to, you know, have sex with Batman. Yep. And that was the end of it. Like, I, I hated how they did that to her character. You know, from, basically, in the movie, it's the Killing Joke movie where it picks up where the, the, the comic book starts. Yep. I enjoyed that. The first 40 minutes of it or so, with this whole backstory of Batgirl and being a Batman groupie and on and on and on, I, I, I didn't like that. Yeah. Yeah, not I, I I didn't like that at all. But I definitely I feel confident in saying like some people only know Joss as like the Firefly guy or you know the Avengers guy. But Joss, in my opinion at least, and I know several others uh, share this opinion. Maybe you don't, not you, but I'm talking like to the listeners. Right. I think Joss has a track record of writing very 
well-rounded and very strong female characters. You know? Oh, yes, absolutely. Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, amazing. Uh, Dollhouse. Oh, yeah, Dollhouse. Yes. Even if you look at Angel, I know that, they're, that the females on there were more or less ancillary, but they still were very well-developed. They were not cookie cutters. They were not typical women. Um, and then he, uh, in Firefly, you know, each of the female characters that he had were very different from each other. You mm-hmm. know, Zoe, Inara, uh, Kaylee, they were and all Reverend. very different, but they were all their own people, and they were all very strong in their own rights. Absolutely. So I really think that he can do this well. I, I have complete faith that he can make Batgirl not just, like you said, a Batman junkie and, and, you know, just the helpless little girl, but he could give us a Barbara Gordon that's worth watching on the screen. I'm truly excited about it. I am too. I'm a huge Whedon fan. And yep. so knowing that he's, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about this. I, I'm excited for casting to start. I'm just, I'm, I'm looking forward to see where they go. Yes. I couldn't even begin to think right now of who I would do for casting. And we oh, also no. don't know, like, who's going to be the villain or villains. You know, he could go all uh, all female. You know, maybe she's up against Poison Ivy or maybe she's up against Catwoman or something. You know, or they could go completely well, different. See, they'd already talked about they're going to do that uh – Oh, the all-villain girl movie with Sirens or whatever it's called. I thought that was a TV show. Oh, is that going to be a TV show? Yeah, I, thought I thought it was, it was Gotham be a movie. City Sirens that was going to be a TV show. I thought. Oh, okay. Well, if it's going to be a TV show, it doesn't matter. Yeah. For some reason, I thought it was going to be a movie. I don't know. I hear you typing away, though. So we're I am. I'm looking enough. it up. Gotham City Sirens <coughs> movie. It Directed is by okay. David Ayer and Margot Robbie. Oh, well, yeah, Margot there. Robbie, obviously, but... Right. That's what I mean. That's so she's going to be in it. So, yeah. yeah, it's a movie. David Ayer's the director of it, written by uh, – it doesn't say who. But, yeah, again, so she's attached to it. That she, was – She doesn't have to have a female yeah. villain. You know, I'm no, just that but, I hope that they don't do something like make him put Harley Quinn in there just because, oh, well, we've already got her established and, you know, Margot's on board. I don't want to see right. something like that. I want him to take the reins and be like, no, this is what we're going to do. Because yeah. he'd be the type that would pull out some obscure villain yeah. that, you know, we hadn't heard of. He'd do a great Victor Freeze, for instance. Yes. You know, he'd be the type to pull something out, Mad Hatter, that we'd all go, what the hell? Scarecrow. A real version of the Scarecrow. And and really give some depth. See, and then I, and then it leads to wonder like, is it gonna cross? Is it gonna be crossover fodder for the DC universe? Or you got, you know, it's Batman. Like you said, Batman's gonna be. Is he gonna be in there? Margot Robbie gonna be in there? Or, or are they just gonna make it a standalone, like they did years ago with Catwoman, where there was really no other. You know what I mean? Not right. saying that was a good movie by any means <laughs> at all. With Halle Berry, it wasn't. But I'm just saying though. You know what I mean? They made. That standalone flick, so it'll, it'll be interesting. I'm excited to see where it goes, and me too. And and where they've just introduced. I mean, we're looking at a good couple of years before we see the result from this. Yep. So, yeah. Did you uh, did you watch any trailers this week of note? Um, I bet you did, and you, you're just not remembering them. Yeah, I know. I watched a trailer. 
<laughs> I wish I could remember what it was, but the girl says, uh, Kristen Bell just fisted me. And the guy goes, what? <laughs> she goes, yeah. Like I put my hand like, hey, how's it going? And she like just kind of like gave me the fist like she was going to hit me. Yeah, that's not how that term's used. <laughs> yeah, it works. No, no, that doesn't work. And Already I'm, that sounds hilarious. I wish I could remember what it was. I, I, I want to say it keeps popping up on my Instagram feed. <laughs> Like as I'm, you know what I mean. Like it's a little like right. trailer, and I'm trying to, th- and I'm I'm looking for it now to find it. But uh, it, it's 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 quite hilarious. Uh, this week we also got the first drop for the It remake. Ooh, I did watch that. Yeah. Tell me you didn't laugh out loud when the kid's running down the street, goes to duck under the uh, sawhorse, and, and runs right into it, himself oh. right in the head. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Yeah. Uh, from executive producer Melissa McCarthy. She was like, like, she's going to beat me up. Uh, there's another word for that. No, that's fisting. It's called Nobody's. It's a new comedy series Wednesdays at 10 on TV land. Oh, I yeah. heard the name, but I didn't know what it was about. Okay. Yeah. It's called Nobody's. Hmm. So watch now on demand on TV land. Okay. Anyhow, it keeps popping up on Instagram. It's made me laugh several times. Nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's going to be good. Yes, it's going to be. It, it, it looks really, really good. Yeah. Um, I've, I've seen the original two or three times. You know, the first three, you know, six hour miniseries. Yep. So for me, I'm wondering how they're going to condense all that plus or the book into the one movie. Yeah. But um, I don't know, I'm I, definitely going to check it out. I agree with Johnny. Um, I don't think they needed to make the clown look quite as evil because, as he said, and he's right, clowns are already creepy. Uh, Tim – I was about to say Tim Burton. Wow. Tim Curry looked like a normal face-painted clown, and he was creepy as hell as Pennywise. Yeah, yeah. this one looks evil and yeah. And and it's not a terrible thing. I just think they went a little overboard with it. I did like, though, that – the kids were pretty much no names. Yeah, you know, I think one of them was from uh, Stranger Things, but you uh, yes. they're not wasting all their time trying to bring in like every star child actor. They're like, nope, we're going to tell this story with some kids. That's it. Yeah, I, I like that as well. Um, I also saw a preview for another show. I think they're trying to make this the next Grimm. Uh, you might have mentioned it before, Midnight Texas. Yeah, that looked really interesting. It looked really interesting to me until I saw that it was from Charlene Harris, the one who gave us True Blood. Oh, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want that. It's another book series that she did. So, it's by the same person who did that and it's going to be on NBC, so it's automatically not going to have the blood guts and sex that True Blood could have on HBO. And then I look, I stuck, the next time I watched the trailer, I was looking at it and I saw like the guy with no shirt on looking like Fabio and he has wings for arms. And I'm like, oh man, I wonder if this is all going to be like sexual gratification fantasy. So I'm a little hesitant now. I'll probably still check it out though, because there was enough about it in the supernatural and the demons and stuff like that that looked interesting. Yeah, I mean, it definitely looked interesting, but if it's going to be some, you know, true lovey type thing, I'm not, I'm not going to, no. Yeah. Um, they did drop a second Spider-Man trailer this week. Yeah, I would, I avoided it. Okay. I watched it. I 
like Michael Keaton's look even more now. And I'm not going to go into detail because I know you avoided it on purpose. Oh, well, okay. <clears throat> Sometimes things are hard to avoid on Facebook. Yep. I saw the trailer, a, a good portion of it. I avoided the audio. Okay. Because you know how the videos would just play in your yep. feed? Yeah. Well, I had like set my phone down. I think I was at work and I set my phone down to do something and I happened to glance down and it was running. But, of course, I couldn't hear anything. Yep. But I did see Michael Keaton as Vulture there and I thought, ooh. Yep. <laughs> that looks really good. It does. Yeah, and but I avoided the audio of it. I didn't go back and watch it or anything. The uh, the story, they expanded on it a little bit, and I like the direction they're going in with it. That's all I'll say is that. My, uh, my son watched The Amazing Spider-Man 2 on Saturday. Yeah, he told me that. Yeah, we watched The Amazing Spider-Man 2 on Saturday, so I hadn't watched it since I, probably I was in the theater. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I still like Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. Yep. But I will say that the, the new one we've now got is, yeah, pretty damn amazingly good. <laughs> I remember walking out of The Amazing Spider-Man 2 as a yep. huge Spider-Man fan. Like, for me, it's Deadpool, yep. then Spider-Man. And walking out of that one, wishing that I had had a notebook to write down all the issues that I had with it. Yep. Because there were so many of them. I mean, I was just going off for like an hour about every issue. And it wasn't like broad stroke stuff like, oh, it was just terrible. And I didn't like, I mean, I'm talking into minutia. You know, why did his dad get sick and it took years for it to manifest and years for it to actually claim his life? Whereas Harry, they're like, oh, by the way, your dad got this, so you're going to get it too. And within like a month, he's like at death's door. Stuff like that. So yeah, okay. I had yeah, huge I'm, issues with that thing. I, I, I can get behind you on that one. But, but I still, still you're right. I still did like Andrew Garfield as Spider Man. Yeah, I liked Andrew Garfield as Spider Man. Yeah, I yeah. I really liked Emma Stone as uh, not Mary Jane, Gwen Stacy. Yep. Yep. And the only other one that I watched, and I almost sent you a message to say watch this and let me know what you think, but then I kept forgetting about it. Okay. It was. Dropped kind of stealthily, but it's called Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. What's that? On? It's going to be a movie in the theaters. Um, it's got Dane DeHaan and Cara Delevingne as the two main characters. Apparently, it's based on a graphic novel. I have to assume like a young adult graphic novel. But apparently, the story is that there's this planet, and it's like the center of the galactic hub, and so there's a thousand different races that all live there and communicate and share their cultures. It looked like simultaneously like a childish thing, but an adult thing. It reminded me of the Mass Effect game series, which is awesome, and definitely elements of like the fifth element. And I'm still, to this day, not sure how I feel about it. I'm not sure if I really want to see it or if I could pass on it. I don't know if it's going to be too kiddy or if it's going to be too weird or what. Hmm. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Uh, check it out by the next time we talk, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on it because, yeah. Weird name, you know, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Yeah, but- it is a bit weird, but still. But it's based on a graphic novel, apparently, so, yeah. Mm. Cool. Yeah, that's it for me. Cool. All right, then. So, yeah. Good. Good. Mike has entered his uh, 
single word adjective face. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just trying to think, but I, I guess I'm done thinking. Um, so uh, hit us up on the old uh, Twitter machine with your opinions, comments, questions, concerns, thoughts, and da 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 da. I'm at Superstar ML. I'm at the Quantum Geek, G33K. The show is at What Did You Watch? The Facebook is What Did You Watch This Week? And, uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks, everybody. Later. Later.